Are you happy? Are you deep down satisfied with the person you are, how you're living your life, and the future as it appears today? Do you have a passion? Is there any one thing in your life that is so important that it makes prioritizing everything else simple? If the answer to any of those questions is no, do you have any idea why? Welcome to the Vera Moore Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Keegan, co-founder of the dating app Veramore and the nonprofit app Hero Harbor. Happiness, mine and that of others, is something that's always been very important to me. I've devoted my life to understanding how we take the things life throws at us and combine that with our own special gifts to come away with an experience that, while not always perfect, is one we are proud of and allows us the fewest regrets and least amount of heartache. Whether through my personal musings or conversations with guests, the aim here is not to find a one-size-fits-all to-do list of change, but instead a mindset that lessens our fear, reduces judgment of ourselves and others, and frees each individual to build the life that truly represents happiness for them. And I think mm-hmm. it relaxes them back too, so I don't know. Okay, so let's... Let's talk about the the next really big thing and the way you and I met. Mm-hmm. We have a mutual friend, Ed Bowen, trainer at the gym, and... Forget about Trey. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I, but I, I learned about you because Ed had made yeah. a post on Facebook about his friend oh, yeah. that was in the hospital. The hospital's only, it was right next door to the gym and it's only a couple miles from where I live. And he was talking about his friend Boris, who was in the hospital, who'd been in an accident and um, you know was not expected to live. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about you at the time. And, but I just, you know, every time I'd see Ed, I would check in with him and say, hey, how's your friend? And that's how I learned about you. And then when I started seeing, you know, stuff about you coming back and everything else, I was like, okay, I've got to find out what this guy's all about. Yeah. And so tell me, tell me what, the, you, had a, you had a car accident, but what caused the car accident, that same type of thing had happened prior to that so start there and tell me about that so um when i came to america i started i don't know if it's just temperature the climate i don't know what it was um but i started passing out every now and then but it's really it's like so two times past i was uh when when i went to you know um when i went to doctors and they gave me shots you know so shots poke them up through my skin, just made me pass out for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened, uh, my friends and I were fishing and he threw a hook in the back, you know, and they actually got stuck on my hand. So I passed out there too. So something about puncture wounds. Something about puncture wounds makes me pass out and stuff like that. And, uh, and I, our doctor says it's, it's mainly just the blood sugar levels, but. Because at that time you didn't know anything about. Yeah. Nothing about fitness. Right. Uh, but when I passed out, one of my accident, it's kind of crazy. You know what? Before we get to the accident, it just occurred to me, because we just mentioned the fitness thing, we need to talk about 
when you were in high school, I've seen pictures of you in, in high school, I think it was high school or middle school, you were just a skinny little, oh, I yeah, mean, skinnier little, than average yeah. little, you know, scarecrow of a kid. So, like, when I came to high school, you know, uh, when I started high school, I started my sophomore year, I was a lot more friendlier, I started hanging out with people. Before that, until my 10th grade, I was just by myself all the time. I was just lonely. I was a very shy kid. Uh, and then my junior year and sophomore year, I started being a cool I have guy. such a hard being time a cool picturing kid. you as being shy, but... Yeah. So, you know, I met really good friends, and we were all, you know, really good friends. And then I started, I joined cross-country and track teams, so I started running really good. And I was really fast. I was like, I had a 4.51 a mile. It was pretty good. It's I had a 17-minute 5K, which is pretty good. Um, so I just love running. It's like, man, right. it's so good. I had fun with it. Like, right. during those days, you know, the weekends, I would run. Man, I would run, honestly, I would run 20, 30 miles a day, you know? Mm-hmm. 20, 30 miles a day? That's a marathon. It's crazy. And, People and, train for months and years yeah, to do that. I right. would run. I was running. You know where I live? 12, no, right. 12 stones. So I was running from my house. To Mala, Georgia, all mm-hmm. the way to Mala, Georgia. Oh, and then I took a left turn and ran to Discover Mills. <laughs> and then I took it's the full circle. Then I'm back to my house. Right. Who does that? You know. <laughs> so, but I just loved just it. Just being alive I and just being running. Yes. You know, it was like it was so good. It was so fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was skinny. It was a in my high school when I graduated. It was 125 pounds. Wow. Yeah, it was really small. And then my senior year, I started taking weight training. Mm-hmm. And then I learned about weights. It's like, wow, it's kind of cool. I love it. I fell in love with weight training. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's so cool. And then after I finished my you know, high school, the, and then, then my next year, you know, so I was finished my high school when I was 18. And then I was able to join the gym because you have to be 18 years old. And then on my 18th birthday, I joined Gold's Gym. This and one? Wow, so you've been going there since you were 18. Wow, I had no idea. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) They should have a plaque in honor of you there. (laughs) You've practically built that place. That's amazing. It it is so cool. And then I just never stopped working And you're about to turn 28. Yeah. So that's 10 years you've been going there. I've been going 10 years. It's been exhibiting a 10-year anniversary. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Right? We have to talk to Bill. He needs to. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So, so you, start, you started lifting. So I started lifting, and, like, I started learning more. Um, but it's mainly I was just trying to lift. And, you know, it's, when I first started, just trying to, you know, look good. Kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to see my arms. I always, always focused on arms. Bennett, arms right. Bad. I think every, every guy does. I'll just do arms. And the chicken arms. legs, right. And I always had chicken legs yeah. the whole time. And then, you know, eventually I started doing legs eventually. But they were still not that close to the size to my upper body was. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really mind. Right. I wasn't really too into bodybuilding that in that right. time. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, so you'd built up. You went from 125 mm-hmm. pounds, skinny, you know, kick sand in, the, in your face at the beach kind of kid, to prior to your yeah. accident. How much do you remember? How much you weighed? Uh, prior to my accident, I weighed. Well, I gained about 100 pounds. I was okay. 225. That's amazing. It was like maybe a month or two months before my accident, I was 225. Mm-hmm. So I would gain about 100 pounds. Right. Uh, since high school, of course, it's like almost 10 years. Okay. 
All right. Six years. So we talked about how you started noticing that puncture wounds. It may you said it may have been glucose, it may have been some diet related or something, mm -hmm. but you were passing out. Mm -hmm. Then you had you had one incident where it was a, it was pretty significant that you passed out. Right. This is prior to the accident, mm -hmm. but you had. Um, I, I don't remember the situation with that, but I was just I don't know fishing. People were okay. fishing and. Okay. Uh, got a hook stick them on right. and they couldn't pull it out mm -hmm. um, so I took my doctor and I passed out before I went to the doctor mm -hmm. so they all fixed it but uh, but yeah during my accident uh, you know it's kind of crazy about my accident I don't know how to see I don't know what to think about it mm -hmm. but when I came to America it was August 18th of 1999 right mm -hmm. and my accident happened August 18th of 2013 wow like, no so kidding. I don't know what to think about right. this. Like, wow. Well, right. I mean, it's coincidence, but yeah, yeah it's a it's a really weird yeah, coincidence. Really weird thing. So. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. So you said what you told me was the morning of the accident. Um, so passing out that had sort of it was a there was a precedent. It had been happening, but you didn't mm -hmm. know when to expect it. Nope. Um, and now, didn't you have another incident where you passed out that wasn't um, puncture related? Or um, yeah, the fourth one. Uh, it was in my house. So right. I just passed out right. on the floor. Right. But the thing is, though, what it, what they have in common, all the times I passed out, mm -hmm. always been in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's never been a later. It's always been early in the morning when right. I pass out. Um, okay, so. Tell me about the morning of the accident. So the morning of the accident, uh, I was in my ex-girlfriend's house, and I went to eat some eggs for breakfast, and we had no eggs. It's like, oh, all right, so let's go pick us some eggs. So I went to Walgreens down the road, it was maybe a mile or two miles away. So I drove to Walgreens, picked up the eggs, and they drove back. While driving back, I had to go up this really big, big uphill, really big uphill. And the road was, you know, it was maybe 55 miles an hour speed limit. And I was driving there, and then all of a sudden I passed out. And while I passed out, I started the opposite lane. And then uh, Ford F-150 was going down that lane. And you were driving what? I was driving 55, 60. What kind of car? Oh, uh, G37 Infinity. Mm -hmm. A really sedan, nice car. a small like, car. You know, not small a truck. Car, yeah, not a truck. So this truck was going 70 miles an hour down the hill. So 70 miles an hour plus down the hill, plus a truck mm -hmm. in a G37. Mm -hmm. So people wouldn't think, I, you know, right. nobody thought I was going to make it. So I hid me. And uh, and then there was additional damage to your, your car that was, you told me that the seat came loose. Yeah, and then when he hit me, and my, uh, my driver's seat broke off. And so my head hit the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have this car on my skull right. right here. Right. So my head to the ceiling, and then I flew back to the back seats. Right. And to make the matter even worse is the, the airbags. None of the airbags went off. Right. And, uh, yeah, I still made it, you know. Um, so you told me when they came when they came to rescue you that there was blood, oh yeah, blood everywhere. everywhere coming out of your ears and, and everything. The first thing they checked is... Uh, they, they were looking for my daughter, Kaylee. Mm -hmm. They were afraid she was wooden because they right. saw a car, baby car seat in right. my car. So they were freaking out. They were like, oh my God, where is she? But she wasn't with me, of course. Um, 
Yeah, so they took me to the hospital. I was in a coma for three weeks. Mm-hmm. They didn't think I was going to make it come back. I think what I was, the report that I heard was they were giving you like a 3% chance of survival. Yeah. Something like that. And, okay, so you were in a coma, you said, for three weeks, mm-hmm. right? And you were in the hospital for four months, correct? Uh, five months, maybe okay. a little more. I okay. was in the hospital from August till January. And... How much weight did you lose? You went. You were, you said you were about two twenty five mm-hmm. at that point. I lost seventy pounds. Seventy pounds in three weeks. If you had been one hundred and twenty five pounds, you wouldn't have had seventy pounds to lose. Yeah. So, okay, all right. So tell me about. Tell me any memories you have from the hospital, and then tell me about. Well, let's just start there. Tell me with your memories from within. The first first thing you remember, and then, you know, after that. The first thing I remember when I was at the hospital is I had uh, I had no idea. Was well, I kind of had an idea. Um, I had these dreams, like these visions. I was pat I was passed out, but I still had visions. Mm-hmm. And those visions, uh, I couldn't walk, so I knew I couldn't walk. You know, before I even came, uh, became conscious, I knew I couldn't walk right. for some reason, you know. And then my, my ex-girlfriend just stayed with me the whole time. And then we were in this van, and she was driving it, and I was dri- riding the backseat the whole time. She was riding around, and then when we had to go to sleep, they would just pull over and just sleep in the car. And, like, it was, it felt like it was all normal. They said, okay, you know, just you know daily things right so that's pretty much my dream like the whole time was just we just drove and drove so that wasn't real stuff that was stuff that was going on right in my head you know it's during the time you're in the coma yeah so because we've always been told we've always heard that talk to coma patients because Mm -hmm. they have brain activity and so you may not have been aware specifically what was going on around you but there you were definitely there were things yeah i knew i couldn't walk right okay who was there? Do you remember who was there when you woke up? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Like so it was really that fuzzy. time when I woke up, I still don't remember that. Like, right. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. My memory wasn't didn't pick up till like maybe two months after my accident. What did the doctors tell you? Do you remember? The, do you remember anybody talking to you about your injuries or? your prognosis and the ex- expectations well, for what happened. Well, my family just told me what was going on because when the doctors told anything, like, I, I, I'm not going to remember that. Remember, mm-hmm. I couldn't even do anything. I couldn't right. brush the teeth. I couldn't right. do anything. I couldn't verbalize. I couldn't do anything. So just pretty much my family was told what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. So the doctors would just said, you know, uh, I came conscious, so they didn't think I would, but I did. Right. So you'd already said, beaten the odds well, there. Awesome. That's awesome, but... Honestly, he'd probably not be able to walk. He's probably not gonna be able to talk. He's, they told me I won't be able to walk or talk. So eventually I started making some noise sounds, you know, like, uh, you know. And you were 25 at that stage. Yeah, I was 25. So it was my 25th birthday while I was in That's Macoma. right, that's right, September 6th. Right? Yeah, it's my. So you're 25, you're a father, mm-hmm. and you're not even supposed to be alive, but you are. Yeah. But now they're saying you may not walk or talk yeah. or be able to really enjoy your yeah. your child or your family 
for the rest of your life. So I like. I survived, so like I beat the chances, I beat the odds of just making this. Man, well, he made it, but I mean, it's good, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to walk or talk, right. you know, or nothing like that. And I started making noise, little sounds, you know, I wasn't talking, just sounds. And then I started making words, and then I started making phrases, then making sentences, and then I was able to talk eventually, you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, basically, really fast. Within three months, I was able to speak pretty good, you know. It had not been that long by the time I met you, and I mean, it was clear that you weren't up and running full speed, but it was also obvious that you had made unbelievable progress. Yeah. Um, and the funny, the cool part is that, so after, you know, after I was at the hospital for a few months, then I start, started having to go, the, they took me from the hospital, they drove me to the, uh, what's it called, physical therapy place. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much I had classes, maybe three, four hours, you know, but kind of like a school, mm-hmm. you know, physical therapy school. So we had to go in class, from class to class. And uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, they said, hey, for any kids, you know, every people, anybody wants to go to weight training classes, it's good for you. And I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm going to yes. there, you know? And I was still, you know, in the wheelchair at the time. Then I was able to, I was so excited about the weights. Right. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> it's so funny because, uh, uh, so, <laughs> you know, Ed, Ed was there with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I asked Ed, first thing I asked Ed when I first came about, I asked him, whispered to him, was, he always tells me Trey, uh, not Trey, but um, Bill tells me too. He laughs mm-hmm. about it. He says, "So I asked, uh, I asked that, do I still have my gold gym membership?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I asked. <laughs> oh my god! That's like, funny. I what, love it. What, do I still have my gold gym membership? That's the first it. thing I would ask. Okay, all so. right. <laughs> so, prior to starting the recording, you were talking to me about the things that you've had to do that you had to overcome. You talked about when you first got home and not even be able to brush your teeth. Yeah. All the things you had to relearn. Talk mm-hmm. to me some about that. So when I came back home, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, the mind-muscle connection, like your mind's gotta have the same goal as your muscle does. So if your muscle is trying to do something, your mind doesn't really want to do that, it's not gonna do it. But it's really easy to, if you're able to control your mind, you're actually, it's like all of a sudden, like, well, I'm able to move, you know. Mm-hmm. How is that, you know? But if I just, my mom was off, it's, I couldn't do it. But once I'm able to connect to my mind, I was able to do it. So shocked, surprised I was able to do it. But then eventually, that was all, you know, down the road eventually, but not, not right after the accident. Because right after the accident, I had a, I had a hard time right. doing anything. Like, so it told me, all right, boys, brush your teeth, you know. And I couldn't move my right arm, so I had to do the left one. And I was, I was looking at the how everybody's doing it, you know, just swiping. I was right. like, okay, I can do that, you know. Right. And I had to go to the bathroom, and they told me, you got to sit, you know. Like, I wasn't even thinking about, like, I knew I had to go to the bathroom. It wasn't natural. I had no idea what to do. Like, right. I have to go to the bathroom, but what do I do now? Right go sit in the toilet, you know? Right. It's like, I felt like I was, I was a, uh, 
it was worse than a child yeah. because at six years crazy. old you were you were running from soldiers you yeah. were doing things and now you were before yeah. six years old I mean you're yeah. like an infant learning all of these mm -hmm. things brand new again but I learned really fast like, right but I had a lot of things to learn so a good thing I learned fast <laughs> um, yeah so but you were telling me about the and this is something that is really important you were telling me about the the concentrated effort you were saying that you you knew you had to learn to do these things and so you focused on them really hard it was more so than things that we take for granted mm -hmm. healthy people take for granted you had to really train like you said you weren't just training your body but you were training your mind that really more importantly that, than your body right the so. that was the that that was the first step was training because it was your brain that was damaged yeah, and that's my what, body right so if my brain's damaged I, I really have a hard time right. training my body you know it's they got to be partners you know right uh, okay so you mentioned Trey earlier let's get let's get to Trey Trey is my favorite trainer in the world I love him so very much and he's been a big part for you mm -hmm. tell tell me about because you were saying of course like you said when you first started out you didn't work legs but then I know that legs became a big thing for mm -hmm. you and before oh, yeah. you you just you would get so motivated by how much more weight you could mm -hmm. do but Tell me about trying to squat and not being able to do it um, balance properly and not because I mean, you you couldn't you couldn't hardly squat at all yeah. initially. So eventually, um, you know, because after the accident, I was in a wheelchair for mm -hmm. six months. So my legs were really weak, and that's why I was in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk. Right. Muscle, you know, atrophy. Weak. Right. So I thought basically, yeah, so my, I'm in a wheelchair. If I want to get out of the wheelchair, I gotta train my legs a lot. That's the main focus, get the legs a lot. And I didn't like the legs too much before. It hurts. But now yeah. I have to like them. I have to learn how to do <laughs> legs. I always did legs. And eventually I did legs a lot, and it was at a wheelchair really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then now it's like I focus so much on my legs all the time. You know, it's like my main muscle that I focus on because it's half your body. Why, right. why wouldn't you do that? You know? Right. So I do legs a lot. and uh, But also had a... During the first squats, for example, you know, it's a lot of spine thing, you know. I have two slip discs in my back. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, so after the accident, let's go back. So I see double now. I have double right. vision. Right. Uh, All the hear. time? All or? the time. All the time. I see two of you. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I have a hard time hearing my left ear. Right. I can still hear. Right. But it's, uh, you know, not as good. Um, my whole right side of my body, I couldn't move. Um, so the whole, uh, the whole, what is it called? It's the blood, uh, what's it called? The blood? Circulation? Cir yeah, so right. the blood circulation on the right side was just off. It wasn't working. Right. So that's why when I couldn't move my arm or everything, everything was just staying squeezed. My fist was staying squeezed. It was really right. hard to right. open it. Like, it was so hard to open my fist, you know? But it, it's no, if I just left it alone, it's just like this. It just closed the whole time. Everything's closed. And then my, my right foot felt so heavy. And like it was so hard to pick it off the ground, you know, because it just feels like it was magnetically attracted to the ground. Like, so eventually I got all that better and then 
train legs a lot. Um, How much time do you think you spent initially working on all of these things, on getting better? Yeah, I Both with, well, with the, uh, with your physical therapist mm-hmm. and on your own and then in the, in the gym, how much, how, how much time do you think you spent average well, in a day? When I went to my physical therapist, I went there five days a week mm-hmm. and then I stopped, dropped down to three days a week. And then they were, they were giving me so many people there. So they said, okay, I think you're fine. You can work out on your own, you know? She's like, okay. So I came back to my house, they were gonna, I mean, I work out every, mm-hmm. at least five days a week, you know? It's like, right. it's a lifestyle. It's not like, right. oh, I have to go work out. Right. It's not like that. It's like, I like to do that, you know? Right. Uh, so. But you weren't just, it wasn't like you went to personal, I mean, physical therapy mm-hmm. and then went home and did nothing. I mean, you did your physical therapy, mm-hmm. but then you also worked on yourself, you know, at home, the, yeah. the brain training and all those sorts yeah. of things. I played a lot of uh, brain games, a mm-hmm. lot of brain games. I remember you talking about that. What yeah. was that? There was a website that you used to go to, I think, that had, because I remember you telling me about it, that it had brain twisters and things like that. What what prompted you to do that? I don't know. I've always liked, I was, even before Max, and I used to like playing brain games too. Mm-hmm. I used to like brain games because they were, they were really interesting because I like to get better and better. Like, right. that makes me happy. When I get better at a certain level, you know, right. it's like, yeah. It got right. better, it got better. So eventually I started playing it, man. My, it shows how good you are, you know, and I was really bad when I started, you know, I was like, man, you know, like, is it that bad, you know, and my vision and everything, my vision was even making it worse, right. you know, plus the thinking. And I was so sad about how, how I'm so bad. Like I was in the low 5% of the people who played the game. Like, wow, right. you know, it's like, that's me, Do you remember no what way. that website was? Um, I, there's, it's not a website, it's an app. Okay, all right. It's a, I, I, I just remember you telling me about it, yeah. but I can't remember. Lumosity. Yes, Lumosity. yes, that was it. So Lumosity. I played okay. Lumosity a lot, but then eventually, I like to improve. Right. Uh, I like to do that. You challenge yourself. Uh, yeah. And then eventually I played this game so much, because what am I, uh, I couldn't right. work, I couldn't right. do anything. So what am I going to do? Other than work out, just play games, then, you know? So I played them. And eventually I got better and better and then eventually get up to twenty percent of rank, you know, thirty percent rank and I got better, a lot better. So now I'm actually really one of the good people there, you know, it's like, That's Yeah, so I'm awesome. doing really good, you know. So I okay. like doing this still. I still play those games daily. Right. right. You know? That's amazing. Okay, go back to tell me about tell me about squatting and tell me about how Trey helped you with that. Oh, so for squatting, uh, you know, squatting is one of the best ways to get your legs bigger. And that's what I need to give my legs more strength and power to be able to walk better. That also then, takes really strict form mm-hmm. and yeah. balance. Yeah. And balance was a problem for you. Balance was a big problem for me. But it was also a problem for me because I had a slip disc in my back, right. you know. So it was really hard. I was I was trying to squat like 225. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I was just pain after mm-hmm. pain. Every rep is a pain. It's like, but I did it. I did it. I mean... Should I be happy or right. should I not be happy because it hurts so bad? Right. So I had no idea. So I was like, man, I got to talk to Trey about this. So I told Trey, I said, hey, how about, can you can you show me, help me how to squat, properly squat, you know, next time I do it. Right. So I came one day and he showed me and uh, 
you show me how to lean the back, you know, get me more straight. You can right. the re the mistake I was making was leaning forward too much. It wasn't really keeping my heels underground. Um, I was just the main the, when I first started doing it was just trying. The main my goal was just to pick the weight up. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just squat down and try to lift it up. No mm -hmm. matter how you did it, right. as long as you picked right. it up, you right. good. That's right. one rep, you know. Right. But I learned how to do better reps. Then I have to drop weight. And then eventually you, I can pick up weight, and I started increasing weight and doing better form. So if Emma and my back never hurts anymore. Right. I think the reason for my back pain was so much because of my squats. Right. Like when Improper I was squatting form. my leg day, my back hurt for like two, three days right. after I squatted. That's a really important point because so many people, and I observed it all the time, they, like you said, they're just so proud of themselves for moving the weight around yeah. and get bigger, get heavier, heavier, heavier. And, but they're hurting for so long after. And so many of them end up with injuries and things like that. And people talk about, well, if you lift heavy, you're going to get injuries. That isn't necessarily true. No. If you do it right, you don't, right. any yeah. injuries I have are not ever from lifting heavy. They're from improper form or from doing something that I shouldn't have done. So you made a post, I believe, because you're a big, a big Facebook um, user and I don't I th but believe it was when you did your first really good set of squats or I don't remember if you would reached a certain weight or something I just remember you were so excited about some achievement mm -hmm. and this is this had been a year or more after I mean this wasn't that long ago but it was after you had been in the gym for a while you'd been away from the accident and all um, you know a, a, good amount of time had passed, but there was something, do you remember I what think, that was? I think that was a time that when Trey showed me how to do my squats really right. properly, he just showed me that one day, you know, I did them okay. The next day I knew exactly how to do right. it. And I, was, I was prepared for it. I, right. I, was, I was all ready for it. I was so ready for it. And I had like the best leg workout and the squats felt so amazing. And the thing I was so happy about that I didn't feel any back pain at all. And I did a lot of weight. Right. And I had no back pain. It's like, wow, you know, it's like, that's all it took. It just, right. that's all it took. Just fix your form a little bit and you're good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's like, it's That's awesome. why I try to, I know that a lot of people don't, they, you know, they, they don't see the value in trainers. They, you know, training is expensive, train, but it made all the difference for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you you didn't need help with motivation. You didn't need help with any of those other things, but you needed help with form, and mm -hmm. only a trainer could give you that. Yep. And and that little that little thing has kept you from being injured more, has, things like that. Okay, so when when you work with clients now, what what are your biggest goals? I mean. What kinds of clients do you are you know? Well, you each client each client is different. Like mm -hmm. I train a lot of different people. Um, it's like uh, it's mostly people trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I focus on more of the hit stuff, mm -hmm. hit sessions, um, right. and I mix them up high with, intensity, you know, high intensity training. interval mm -hmm. training, and I mix them up with like app stuff, um, stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. just kind of let your heart rate go down. Right. They go back up, pick it up, right. and they go back down, pick it up. And that's a great way to burn all the fat, you know. Right. And I've seen my clients have been making great right. changes. 
And the thing is, uh, I the thing is with me is like I keep up with my clients every day. It's not like they're just with me here that one day one session. That's it. Bye. Right. I text them every day. I I make them all use my fitness pal the app. Mm-hmm. Second, I will see what they eat. Right. You know. So when I when they had eaten or they haven't put maybe they have eaten maybe right. they haven't put in the phone. Right. And I was I told them hey get you know get used to before you eat put it in your phone first before your mouth right you know right. always and i want to keep you get them all habit you know build that habit up you know always right. do it because that's what i always do before i have anything before i eat it mm-hmm. I put it in my phone and then eat it right it's easy so right. easy so you know i just i tried to get them to get become like that and eventually mm-hmm. all my clients are like that everybody right. writes all their foods so if they, if I don't feel like they haven't eaten good that day, and I come look at how much carbs, how much fat, how much protein they had, mm-hmm. if I did, didn't have enough protein, too many carbs, you know, I can just say, hey, what's up with this? Right. You know, what are you doing? They'll tell me what's going on, you know. So what's tell me, you were telling me earlier about the air conditioning thing and what, how you sort of play games oh, with the your mind, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, because that's huge, and that's. We all know, we're all familiar with mm-hmm. needing to work out our bodies, but you've already shown through your own experiences how important that mind connection is. And so you were telling me how you try to build that into mm-hmm. your clients. So I noticed like uh, a lot of my clients, you know, it's like they get so hot. And it's Georgia and it's humid and it's, and it's like miserable. They're, they're trying to do a set, but they're just thinking about how hot they are. They're not really thinking about how good a form and how they're doing. Right. But they're complaining about hotness and they're just, oh my God, it's so hot, it's right. so hot. You know, it's just complaining about heat. You know, it's like, you gotta do your set. You know, you can't do, you can't just complain about heat, focus on the heat and just do a shitty set. You know, right. you gotta do a good one. You know, you right. gotta focus on it. So eventually it's like, okay, let me get people to get their focus on you know, right. what they're doing. It's like, listen, you gotta, Focus on the exercise you're doing. Nothing else. Keep everything out of your head. Just just that exercise. So I turned off all the fans. So try to teach them that. You're like, listen, just focus in your mind. Right. And after one set, you will get one fan. Which fan do you want? Right. This one, this one, or that one, you know? <laughs> and then they'll get a fan after you set. And then they'll get two sets, you know? But eventually it got better and better and better. Right. And I, I didn't have clients complaining about things, right. you know? Right. So. Tell me about the woman we we talked about this a few weeks ago you said that she came in and you guys did measurements mm-hmm. and she'd had you know tremendous progress mm-hmm. and tell me about that experience and her workout afterward because that was pretty significant her workout afterward. well because you said realizing that she had mm-hmm. lost all those inches had motivated her to the point that she had the best workout ever. Oh yeah. Oh, so uh, so I do six week measurements every time. So we did six measurements, and we noticed that she lost five inches of her waist. So I just heard how happy she was when she saw that. Right. Just the happiness in her eyes, happen right. her face, just gave her so much that energy. Right. Just built her up like it was a whole to her. And when we worked out that day, like she did tremendously. It was like. The best she's ever done that day, you know. It's you know, it's all because nothing it's had all changed. About the mind. Nothing right. has changed. It's just the way she thought. She knew she's making progress. She knew she did so good, and she loved it. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want more. Right. So she got more. She right. went more, you know? Right. So she did so much better that time, you know? So if you could say one thing, the thing that's most important to you and the thing that you most want your clients to know, what would that be? About? Just if, if you could distill your entire belief system, your entire motivation, your entire mm-hmm. philosophy into, you know, a sentence or, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, what is it that every client that walks through that door, what do you want to give them to walk back out with? What do you want them to take away with them, whether they're with you or not? I wanted to learn how to use their mind. Like, uh, I know I told you a lot, of mind is such a powerful thing. And a lot of people don't really understand it. A lot of people don't understand how powerful the mind is. Once you know how to properly use it and just what you're trying to do, get your mind to go with you, you can do you can pretty much do anything. I was like so shocked at myself. Like there's been times when I work out, you know, sometimes I'm not a, you know, I'm having to go okay workout. And then it's like I get so tired and then all of a sudden it's like, wow. Look at me, why am I so tired? Like, I'm You flip that switch. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Exactly. So I was thinking about how tired I was, and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm supposed to be do sets. So I just shook my head, and it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, just do the amazing sets. But I thought I couldn't do it because I was, right. was in pain so much. You know, was, I did step-ups, for example. So my last set of step-ups, and I had a hard time. I was a little balanced. I was like, man, what am I doing? And then it's like, let's start over. So I said, got down. I was like, all right, let's do it again. And all of a sudden, I did 12 reps each leg really fast, really mm-hmm. properly. It looked like you I wasn't even out. tired at all, you know? That's what, more than anything, I would like people to understand is it is absolutely a choice. When you feel your worst, when you have hit what you think is rock bottom, for me, that's the best place because that's where I flip that switch and you talk to yourself mm-hmm. and you say, this is ridiculous. This is not who I am and this is yep. not, and I don't have to stay here. I don't need a pill. I don't need a drink. I don't need a cigarette. What I need is to get my butt in gear and do it. And you flip that switch and you, like you say, you step back, you regroup and you go at it again. and that success, just making that choice gives you the confidence to know that you can do it next time. And each time, what I say in the book is that confidence is a muscle, just like all your other muscles. And you can build that muscle and you can make that muscle stronger. And so the next time it's there for you when you need it. Yep. That's and a lot of people, you know, when I, when I train them, they, they, they're like, this car, I think I can get two more reps. That's, that's the wrong. Don't think. Don't think. And then they give one, and they just like, all right, move to it. They, they always think about it so quickly. They're like, all right, I can't get it anymore. Let me help let me help me, you know. It's like, you know, you can't think that way. You got to get if mad. you're going to get two reps, get two reps. You know, you can't. Don't, don't. Don't listen to your muscles, okay? Because uh, cause a lot of times the people's mistakes they make is 
they listen to their muscles instead of their, you know, focusing on their mind, how they're trained. When their muscles give up, their mind gives up too. But also, like, if you're, you know, you got to keep both the muscle and mind at the same time. They both got to be positive. You got to, you know, you And can whatever do it. it takes. And and this is another important aspect too. When I dig down and I do that, I will growl. I will make all kinds of crazy. And people, I have seen people yeah. looking at me going, you know, and, and again, a beautiful thing about Trey is he, he would say, who cares? Yeah, who Ignore cares? them, you know, and, and you just, you go, and it doesn't matter whatever it takes to get you through. Mm-hmm. If you growl, if you cuss, if you cry, mm-hmm. I have cried through workouts, but you go out of there feeling so good. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap this up, but cool. you know, you're absolutely one of my favorite people. I said to you last time. Yeah that when we had lunch, I said, your accident was one of the best things that have ever happened to me because I wouldn't have met you otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And you were absolutely you know, It might sound weird, but in my life, the whole my, the whole lifetime, my 28 years, mm-hmm. I think the best thing that ever happened to me was that accident. I agree. Because I would never be the person I am today Yes. if that accident did never happen. Okay, so, I need to say right now, I did not write that for you. You came up with yeah. that on your own, but you 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 just spelled out my entire philosophy, and yeah. I love you for that. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to get a hug here. Of course. And I'm going to stop our recording, but cool. thank you so much. Thank you for spending this time with us. If you enjoyed the content we shared with you, please subscribe, review, and share this show with your friends. Veramore the Dating App and Hero Harbor, the social connection tool for heroes, are both in the app stores. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Veramore, Veramore underscore app, or Hero Harbor.